0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Drop Zone. It is Sunday night of the Hero World Challenge, which means that, gosh, another tournament has come and gone on the PGA Tour, and I'm left wondering, does all this matter? It's early December golf. Uh, We've got Dylan here joining. Dylan spent a lot of time in the Bahamas this week, and I've got 10 questions for him that will help us understand, did what happened in the Bahamas really, really matter? Um, Dylan, welcome back. Are you ready to, I guess, answer everything I've got for you?
1: I'm ready. This is like a real dose of December nihilism coming from you, Sean, Uh, (laughs) which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I guess we'll find out from the direction of these questions. I'm back in chilly Seattle after a week in the Bahamas.
0: Uh, Yeah, let's dive in. All right, 10 questions and What's most important here is that there is no filibustering from you. I'm going to ask you questions and I want you to use your gut. You don't know the questions I'm asking. So I want you to kind of obviously answer with what you believe to be true, but also answer with your gut. So full honesty, as much transparency as you can provide, no filibustering, and then we'll talk them through. So question number one, I'm hitting (laughs) lead off with uh, probably one of the most unanswerable questions, but... Is Tiger Woods going to play the PNC Father Son event?
1: Yes. Yeah, he's going to wow. play. Um I mean the guy seemed like he 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 saw a little bit of competition. He saw some other, you know, race horses around. He 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 kind of got them in the side of his blinders or whatever you'd say in the horse racing world. <laughs> and he started to taste, you know, the competitive fire. I think that uh, he's going to play the PNC. I think Charlie really wants him to play the PNC, and I think we've seen enough from him that he can he can rip it. I mean, he can swing. He's not at uh, full capacity by any means, and he is definitely not at walking a golf course for 72 holes capacity. And Maybe this will come up in another one of your questions. I'm not sure if you have any, any more Tiger-related content. But, yes, I think he's going to play the PNC. Otherwise, I don't think he would be grinding this hard, The week of his own tournament, he wouldn't be in red and black hitting balls at the back of the range. Um, I think that the ability to ride around in a cart, A, is crucial. I think that the ability to take Charlie's tee shots, which are hit from the up tees, uh, as opposed to Tiger, who'd have (laughs) to play from uh, what he described as the same tees as Justin Thomas, I think that would probably also potentially be a deal breaker. But instead, if Charlie can just hit most of the tee shots and then they go from there and Tiger sitting wedge in, I think that's going to be pretty appealing to him.
0: Yeah, I think that's an answer that uh, just about every listener will be thrilled to hear Uh, whether or not, you know, he actually happens. Um, You you did a little bit of reporting down there, though, and it, it sounds like he's super duper serious about playing like that's I think the the progress we made this week is that one week ago we're like well we don't even know if Tiger will show up in the Bahamas fast forward seven days we know that he showed up in the Bahamas we know that he hit a bunch of balls and we know that he's seriously considering it Uh, I know you talked to a bunch of people down there to do that reporting and Mm so it it had to just be a a place of crazy optimism just being down there uh, in the Bahamas yeah, it was fascinating because at the start of the week, he was
1: uh, really downplaying the whole thing. You know, I know he posted the video, which sent the entire golf world into an uproar, into <laughs> frenzied excitement. And then in his press conference, he sort of walked that back and said, look, I'm nowhere close to being in competition, uh, even when that dude asked the question about how it would feel to let down billions of people around the world if he didn't. <laughs> win another major tiger was like, look, man, I'm, I'm just trying to walk. Um, so yes, it was definitely an optimistic scene because clearly throughout the week he seems to get better and better. I mean, I think it even surprised some of the people around him just how hard he was able to go at the golf ball. Yeah. Surprised me. The flip side of that is that my man is not moving. Well, he's not, he's not walking. Well, he has no endurance um, he has no stamina, you know. He'll hit a couple balls, take a little breaks, sit down in the his tricked out golf cart, um, and so yeah. Uh, my my feeling is that he is a lot f- a lot further along, a lot closer to his comeback than we thought a week ago, and he is also probably further away than now the world thinks after seeing pictures yeah. and videos of, you know, just really just clipped shots, like one or two swings. You're not getting the full picture there.
0: That's the thing though, is that we saw clipped shots and photos of him throughout the weekend grinding on the range. And so that's where I think social media can get a little bit out of hand with this guy. We don't really know. Is that his full three wood swing? It's probably not, but like how far away is he from his full three wood swing? Stuff like that. uh, We're not going to really get from Tiger. We probably won't get it from him at the PNC. So uh, what what will be tricky is when he plays right you think he will a lot of people think he will what will be tricky is when he does that and then we start to turn the turn the the, the page over to the next event like that of that could be exponentially further than he is right now from playing mm-hmm. the pnc it's kind of our point but um let's move on to another tiger question you teased it out a little bit you mentioned his golf cart Is the fact that Tiger's golf cart down in the Bahamas is named privacy after his mega yacht, is that weird or kind of cool? Okay,
1: so I'm glad you asked because I have learned more about this situation. And there's actually like a little T slash T in front of the letters privacy on his golf cart. And what that means, my my boating people have reached out to (laughs) inform me that that means tender to privacy so it actually means that it's essentially like you know the the assistant to the boat it is the it is so it's not necessarily independently named privacy it actually is just uh it's like if you were taking a little dinghy out to your yacht yes then this is the equivalent of that and i think it's uh i I guess it's for like maybe partly tax purposes it's for (laughs) I don't what? really understand. I mean, this is, this speaks to something else, which is that, you know, probably every single person in attendance at this tournament could have told me about tender two and about what you do with your yachts. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. wealthiest collection of people <laughs> at any golf tournament. And I think that includes the masters, like your, your per capita <laughs> wealth at this thing is bananas. Um, okay. So Dylan, anyway, that, that's answer kind of the the but
0: is it weird or cool? <laughs> um,
1: it's well, it's weird <laughs> because this entire world is so weird. The whole the whole yeah, the fact that his dinghy to his yacht is actually a golf cart
0: <laughs> has four wheels
1: <laughs> and has yeah, has four wheels. Normally it's a boat that you would take to get out. Instead, it sort of just speaks to how w- weird this entire world is that we live in. I mean, how how weird this whole tournament is where the tournament host owns the golf course he uh he you know owns the tournament essentially it's all in tiger's little world here um so yeah i mean the whole thing is kind of surreal and um he likes privacy and he likes control none of that is a secret it's very fitting that this is where he's making his comeback where he can exert the most control over his own situation i know he didn't make his comeback but You know, for all intents and purposes, this was his reappearance into the golf world.
0: Did you visit the cigar bar at the Baja Mar?
1: I actually didn't. I'm not a huge cigar guy. You don't Um, have to
0: have a cigar there. (laughs) But but the reason I ask is because it's named T-Squared because mm -hmm. it's owned in part by Tiger Woods and another part by Justin Timberlake. Tiger Timberlake T-Squared, that's what the cigar bar is at the Baja Mar. Tender to a lot yeah, of, tea's going, a lot of teas going on. Uh, let's move on. Question number three. Why was Rory McElroy so pissy when reporters asked him about his ripped shirt from weeks ago?
1: I think a he was not as pissy as people thought at first. If you just read the transcript, um, Dan Rappaport. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's let's rewind a little bit. The previous <laughs> day we were actually trying to like interview Rory briefly. I was with Dan Rapport from Golf Digest and he said something that just frankly fell flat. <laughs> and Rory kind of paused and was like, "Was that like was that a joke?" And Dan <laughs> was like um yeah, I guess like tough crowd. So, that was the precursor and then Dan started Rory's media availability. Well, not with a question, but just instead by saying uh, hey Rory, nice shirt. It's in one piece. And then kind of paused. I thought yeah. maybe he was gonna follow up with a question. Didn't ever quite happen. Dan with a controversial,
0: <laughs> a tough week week <laughs> the in the ones and twos.
1: Rory was actually kind of like playful in his response there. Um, however, then someone else asked a, a question about the same thing. And then I believe it was still before the third shirt question. He was asked by another reporter how often he thinks about the fact that he hasn't won a major in seven years, which is like, it's not an unfair question, but it's like you've been, it's just a bad question. I mean, it's been like just driven into the ground for years and years and years. So I imagine he didn't love that. And then another person on the, uh, on the remote line. So most people that were asking questions were there in person, but this question came in remotely and was just like, so uh you know what what'd you do once you ripped that shirt and he was like well i went in i threw it away went to the shop got another one and and then he then i i wish i had the quote in front of me so i could read it but it was uh essentially he was like what is it with this fucking shirt jesus (laughs) and he kind of muttered it under his breath so actually in person we could we could hear it but like barely make out what he said but since he oh, was yeah. literally muttering into a microphone, I think it came out very clearly. So uh, the the transcriber just left it in word for word, which I thought was hilarious. So yeah. he wasn't as pissed as it he seems, said it. but he still said it, and he was still irritated because I think he probably felt like this was a private moment in his mind. He waited till he got in the clubhouse to rip this shirt, and then suddenly it ended up everywhere and became like the story.
0: It's one of those things... It's a bit viral. This is something we haven't seen from Rory. We've seen the guy throw clubs and and pout at times and act out, I guess, his frustration. Um, so we know that it exists. And I don't think we were intended to see this. I think Rory's upset that maybe we saw it. Mm-hmm. But then again, at the same time, he's had he's had a, a a bit of time to reckon with this. You know, I think he had maybe 10 days between when it happened and when he actually was asked about it. And I think the questions are fair. Hey man, why did why did someone catch you after you blew the lead shooting 74 when everyone else went low? Why was your shirt in tatters? You know, why was your golf shirt in which the attire you wear is is worth so much money to you, but also it's such a proper game. Like that that is as polar opposite as we are used to seeing him. Like what what gives? And the fact that he didn't have a legit answer for it, he, you know, he didn't really feel comfortable with the questioning, really kind of speaks to I think a, a theme of the week, right? Is like reporters prying for information that they think is fair game, and players not really wanting to, to have to give that information. Um, you know, Tigers is far different. Tigers, Tigers, was about his accident, but I felt like Rory really could have handled that better. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but it just it felt like the kind of thing where. We wanna know, hey man, I was upset and I did that. And I gotta own it, but I was upset. Rather, he's just kinda like, Yeah, I pulled at my collar. You know, it was kind of like the kind of answer we see from Brooks or Bryson. Now that I think of it. A
1: little bit. I think the my only counter to that would be I think he actually did talk about the not the shirt specifically, but he did talk about why he was so frustrated. What he said was here, I'll just read it out. He said What I was angry about was how I reacted to the bad break. And by that, he means uh, on the 15th hole, he had a pitch shot. He was trying to get up and down for birdie. He was, you know, in a share of the lead at that point. Hit a really good pitch. It hit the pin, bounced back into the bunker, made bogey, three-putted the next hole, uh, lost by a billion. (laughs) He said, it's not not the bad break or the fact that I didn't win the golf tournament because Colin played great. And even if I hadn't had that bad break, there was no telling that I was going to win the golf tournament. It was just my reaction to the bad break that made me angry because I basically lost my head after that and made bogey on 16. And then, so it was just more angry at the fact of how I responded. That was the big thing. The fact that I didn't win the tournament was totally fine, but the reaction to what happened after the break on 15. So he did sort of talk about it, but I think he was reacting to essentially like the viral moment. Like he probably didn't love that this has become the enduring image. Sure. I mean, it is funny with Rory, right? Because he's such a pleasant guy. He's such an affable guy that when we see these, I don't know, out of character moments, I guess it mostly just speaks to what golf is like as a game, but there we have, we have a not a non-zero number of frustrated rory moments of him throwing a club into a lake of him tossing a club in his words under the new jersey turnpike this summer um (laughs) has he have we seen him snap clubs
0: i'm not sure but you know i think the only reason uh why i think this deserved a little bit more of an explanation is like you know I, i think i have even like maybe torn a shirt a little bit out of frustration or you know sometimes it happens with clothing um and this was, he he kind of wanted to dismiss it as if it, like, he, you know, he maybe he just, like, broke the collar. No. Yeah, yeah. He, like, the shirt was in tatters. He he tore through the collar, and then it went down the, you know, the, the his side. Like, this mm-hmm. was, I, this was the kind of work of someone who wanted to tear his shirt. So, <laughs> so here's <laughs> my
1: question for you, Sean. I know that you're asking me the questions, but I do have an interlude, which is, was the shirt tearing incident a positive or negative for nike golf is he getting calls from nike being like look dude not exactly a great look for you to be shredding our gear or is it kind of at all all attention is good attention thing where they're like hmm, a little blade collar rory action
0: yeah i don't think so i think it 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 says hey if you want to tear our shirts you can do it kind of easily. <laughs> Rory did it. Rory didn't even really want to do it, but he did it. Yeah. Uh, I would say net net negative. Um, so maybe that, another, maybe that was
1: another – Maybe that was like a, a final contributing factor to his – Why uh, he was annoyed. Reticence yeah. on the, the subject.
0: Let's move on to the guy who beat him that day. Question number four. Is Colin Morikawa boring?
1: Well, oh, who beat him that day. I was going to say, I don't know if you you watched the conclusion of the tournament today. Did not actually <laughs> – go Colin's way is Colin Morikawa boring uh as a golfer no actually he's not he's not boring he's he's kind of exciting because he's not as good as people think he is it's easy to oversimplify his golf game and it's easy to kind of say oh yeah I mean this guy's meteoric rise is ridiculous but he's not without flaw I mean His short putting can get squirrely. Um, His chipping is, you know, sometimes can be really pretty good, uh, but other times not at all. Like other times extremely average. And then when he gets off, he can really get sideways. I mean, there was a stretch where he was finishing near the bottom of the leaderboard. I think at the end of the uh, regular PGA Tour season, he had a couple results that were right near the bottom. He was kind of injured, and then he lost his swing a little bit he's certainly not bulletproof. He might be the best golfer in the world, but I think the uh, tendency is to say, oh yeah, this guy is infallible. He hits every iron shot to five feet. And while his irons are sick, (laughs) undeniably, and he's a relentless ball striker, he's not a boring guy because you don't actually know that he's going to close things out. And so today, five shot lead at a really, really unpredictable golf course where we saw the, first round leaders and the second round leaders and the third round leaders all absolutely plummet on the, the <laughs> leaderboard. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think it was shocking that he didn't win on a scale of, you know, best golfers wow. in the world, blowing five shot leads. It's always going to be a little surprising, but
0: yeah, it felt surprising to me. I mean, the guy who had a five shot lead, absolute cruise control and a course that you, it just, it feels like when people play well, like you never would get into trouble out there, but then The opposite also seems true is like when you don't play well. Oh, wow. You know, you can kind of explode out there a little bit. So that's a good answer. Let's move on. He started the day, Sean. I will
1: say 12 shots ahead of Justin Thomas finished the day tied with Justin Thomas T5 highest score of the day four over uh, tied for the highest score of the day with our man Jordan Spieth (laughs) ran into uh,
0: took a wrong turn. We should say question number five. Does Victor Hovland winning this 20-player event matter? Does it matter in how you think of him? Does it matter in any way other than he made more money than anyone else this week?
1: Yes, it does matter because Victor Hovland is not a guy that's won 40 golf tournaments. Um, And even though it's a limited field, even though it is a low-atmosphere event, it's still a win over some of the best players in the world. There's a few missing. John Rahm wasn't there. Dustin Johnson wasn't there. Patrick Cantlay wasn't there, but a whole bunch of guys were. And so the fact that he went nuts today, got to eight under with Eagles on 14 and 15, and then birdie at 16 before he uh, bled bogey bogey into the finish. (laughs) The fact that he turned on the jets like that and seized this tournament says something. And, It doesn't matter in the way that Colin Morikawa's majors matter, obviously. But the fact that this went from another victory for Morikawa and the world number one title and instead turned into a win for Victor Hovland, who is certainly not now close to Colin Morikawa in terms of accomplishments, but a tiny tick closer and importantly, not further behind. It just gets him that much closer to, you know, being one of the top players uh, of his new generation so it does okay. matter.
0: so does it matter more that he won or does it matter more that morikawa didn't seal the deal and did not become world number one like what i guess that's the that's the question that you mm-hmm. almost asked yourself mm. it's like the number two player in the world had a five shot lead and lost the I number or like this, whatever this is
1: question 5a here is, is uh, yeah it yeah. matters more that victor won or that colin didn't i think it matters more for victor that well, I mean, it's a combination. The, what matters more is that he beat Colin. But yeah, what matters more is that Morikawa lost, frankly, because if he wins and becomes world number one, his he's a full Jedi at that point. I mean, the a Jedi the, the journey is complete. He is yeah, he's completed his training. Victor, meanwhile, just gets another, uh, another resort victory. Yeah, Caribbean title here. <laughs> um, the, the Caribbean Prince, Victor Hovland, who has now won twice at Mayacoba, once in Puerto Rico and once in the Bahamas, never on the mainland USA, but also no. never outside the continent of North America. Well, he's won in I Europe, mean, he's, so yeah, he's won in actually. Europe. <laughs> there aren't that many tournaments that are on the PGA tour that are outside the North American continent. So.
0: Hey, but he hasn't won the ones that are. Yes. Let's move on uh, to a very adjacent question Uh, close by. Does the Hero World Challenge matter? Oof.
1: It's funny. Being there doesn't feel like it. <laughs> and it totally matters in, like, in a more of a, a fun and personal way. I don't think it matters when you're looking at, you know, ricky fowler's hero world challenge title for example doesn't matter i mean it's great that he shot 61 it's great that he beat a bunch of people but it's not changing his legacy and hopefully this doesn't sound like i'm completely contradicting the answer i just gave but i think that for victor and colin specifically this had the ability to to kind of change their perception change their ranking um so I guess, yes, it matters, but being on the ground there, it, it feels like this is just an exhibition. Um, I mean, you kind of realize that the guys that are outside the top five, the way the payment is structured, there's basically no incentive to grind it out once you're not going to finish. I can't remember exactly what it is, but basically you get $100,000 if you finish 20th, and you maybe get $150,000 if you finish, like, 6th. <laughs> so there's a lot of extra work. There's a lot of golfers between you and sixth place if you're down near the bottom. So anyway, the whole thing contributes to a very chill field. There are very few fans. There are, uh, I believe, about a thousand tickets printed each year and they don't have to reprint. Um, there are a lot of VIPs that have bought, you know, essentially weekly tickets to be there. So it matters for those people because they do get this, intense access to players i mean there's just not yeah. a lot of other people around um, i mean i would highly 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 recommend that people go to this tournament you've been to oh, it totally like, totally agree if the thing about this tournament is you will get bored watching things that at other tournaments you would kill to get <laughs> access to i mean you can watch rory hit driver on the range and there are maybe going to be five other people watching the same thing normally getting anywhere close to Rory when he's hitting balls at say the travelers championship or something, there's going to be a massive crowd around you. So little things like that, walking out in a practice round and probably having a chat with the players. uh, There's all kinds of opportunities for, for media, for me. I mean, it was great to be down there just to get a little FaceTime with some of these guys. Um, You know, it's always a mix of trying to figure out who actually has any clue who you are and who's just like, Hey, man yeah um so i think that it's and and then i think it matters for guys to spend some time around each other they have these pro-am events there's like you know rolex events there are pro-am dinners these guys this is it
0: we're finally seeing you filibuster you're totally doing it i think i think the, the hero world challenge doesn't matter well, I don't think I don't think it does. I'm sorry I think that I, th- I
1: can agree that it doesn't matter. Having just spent a week there, I think that it does matter. <laughs> I was just Still listing in- out the reasons that it matters.
0: Well, yeah, I think you were kind of really stretching for it when you fa- when you factor in the fact that people play proams that happens No, they're ha- that they're all spending over. time
1: with each other. <laughs> These guys are hanging out. This whole this whole crew of top 10
0: 20 players. The Hero World Challenge did not take place in 2020. Do you think anyone there this week was like, dang, I, I really missed this last year? I don't think so. I don't think uh, if this event got stripped from next year's schedule that anyone would blink an eye. I think they would say, holy cow, that's another off week between Thanksgiving and the new year. I love to have an actual off offseason. Um, it's great. I'm sure they actually – I'm sure these players do enjoy it. But for our purposes, having to pay attention to an event in the Bahamas – 20-player field, guaranteed world ranking points, guaranteed money, trying to compete with the NFL. Yeah, of course it matters because Tiger showed up this week. But otherwise, mm-hmm. mm, I don't. I don't think it matters a whole lot more than say the PNC. Um, which is in. Tiger did
1: absolutely stunt on his own golf tournament. I mean, <laughs> without question, the fact that his appearance overshadowed the rest of the field is pretty hilarious.
0: Yes. All right. Let's move on. Uh, We've got a couple more questions. Do you have any sympathy for Jordan Spieth and Henrik Stenson, two players who played first off today and eventually played from the wrong tee box on, I think the ninth hole?
1: Yes. Uh, No, I do not have any sympathy. You can watch back the video of the incident. There is a giant board that says 17 on it next to the tee box. It's unmistakable. Uh, I mean – I sort of understand how it happened, I guess. It it is the tee box that they'd played from earlier in the week, uh, which had then turned into the 17th tee. Normally, there wouldn't just be stray tee markers out there. But no, I have no sympathy. I am mildly surprised that no one gave them a heads up because presumably there would be volunteers out there. Presumably there would be someone there uh, to kind of question things. And since they were the first group out...
0: Cannot happen anywhere else in the entire like professional golf world, it would not happen anywhere.
1: But since they're the first group out, you would think whoever is out there on 17 would say, Huh, this seems a little quick that they got here. I was told
0: something different this morning, hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah,
1: um, but no, I don't have any sympathy. I also don't have sympathy for um, the caddies that were involved, unfortunately. I think that that's partly your job too, is to make sure your man is stepping up to the right spot. I don't know if the caddies were back there on the tee box. I think they probably were because it's not an easy tee shot, regardless. Um, so I don't think it's a situation where you'd like hand off driver and just go up ahead. Jordan Spieth had a funny answer afterwards. He said he almost thought he wouldn't get penalized because it's a charity event. Yeah. To which I would say, Sean,
0: doesn't matter whom. <laughs> Charity for the
1: players. That's who this event is charity for. You get paid $100,000 just to show up. You probably get paid more for filling out a uh, Rolex sponsor obligation. Um, this is a charity event for the players who can shoot a whole bunch and still make their hundred k. Mm. Go enjoy a nice evening at the cigar bar if you so choose.
0: And, and might answer the question that preceded that. Does the Hero World Challenge matter? If Jordan Spieth's calling it a charity event, doesn't care what tee boxes he's playing from, maybe it doesn't. Um, Let's move on. Question, I guess I think we're at question number eight now. I think this is seven or eight. (laughs) Uh, Bryson DeChambeau said he almost quit golf this year, earlier this year. Do you believe him?
1: Uh, I believe that he probably considered what it would be like to – golf. I don't believe him. No. I mean, I don't, I don't think that he would have actually quit golf. I believe in that he thought about it. I believe in that he considered life as a YouTube star slash long driver <laughs> slash content guy. Um, I think that playing golf means experiencing a lot of failure and frustration. And it also means exposing yourself to a world of people that don't all like you. And I think that that's tough. I think he checks social media which i'm sure is absolutely destructive to his mental well-being um i mean you know given how like i'm sure yeah normal people if they see someone say man you're stupid in an instagram comment probably throws you off for a few minutes and you can imagine ever happened to you (laughs) yeah it happened to me a bunch of times this week um (laughs) but if if you are just getting a constant influx of that stuff. And then if you're facing reporters that you don't think are on your side, yeah, I'm sure he took a step back and said, look, I don't need this. I've got all this money. I've got, you know, my own content channels. And it's probably related to the reason that he has stopped talking to the media. He didn't talk to uh, pool reporters this week. He talked to Mark Cannizzaro for the New York Post in that, interview that turned into that story about him quitting golf but i think he's just tried to cut out everything that is unhelpful except man the the instagram thing i think that i think that that's very real i think that that would make you want to quit golf um so yes i believe he thought it no i don't believe that he was actually close to doing it this is at the end of the day his identity and the whole YouTube channel thing suddenly probably doesn't work as well if he's not a top 10 golfer in the world.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. The gray area that can live under the word almost is uh, pretty wide. But what what is most interesting about his comments is that you look at his year. He, he truly had a roller coaster year. I think mm-hmm. roller coaster is is most often... Um, a cliche and an exaggeration, but I don't think it is with Bryson. I mean, you look back to the beginning of the year and he kind of extended his dominance from 2020 and he wins at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and hits, you know, every time he reached that um, sixth tee, is that the sixth sixth Mm -hmm. hole in Arnold? Yeah, number six. Bay Hill. Every time he reached it, he had the entire attention of the entire golf world just on him he created yeah. an an nft i was going to say a <laughs> freaking like, nft and and so you have that high you he contended at the players championship you know he didn't really have the beginning of a great uh, major championship season but then he you know he had the lead on the back nine at the us open yeah. but then crushingly loses it um, and all amongst that whole like span of time you have the feud with brooks kepka that you know, he probably thought he was winning at some point, points, and then he definitely knew he was losing by the time the FedEx Cup rolled around because Brooks Kepka had a lot of people cheering against Bryson. Um, and you know what? Bryson might have incurred a little bit of that on his own. You know, people cheer against him not just because of Brooks, but maybe because they don't like Bryson on his own. Um, but then he has an incredible Ryder Cup. And a week after that, the whole long drive thing. And so I think there are, like five or six different moments in which you would you would naturally step back and think this is the best life I've ever wanted to live. And also similar moments where this is the most chaotic version of the life I wanted to live. And I don't know if I love it.
1: Um, yeah. I think that's well said because specifically when he was thinking about quitting, he said is there were a couple incidents around it. It was the, the Brooksy thing, all the Kepka fans kind of turning on him very vocally at PGA tour events. So that's something you're getting exposed to there. And then it was also, you know, giving kind of bungling the answer on why he wasn't vaccinated Um, and (laughs) then just stepping into a world that he, he definitely didn't want to get into and feeling like he got blindsided with that. I mean, whether you think that's fair or not, I don't know, but suddenly it was, he was in a world where he felt like the, the energy was a little hostile. And I think Bryson likes to be, he likes to be loved. He likes to be in an arena like the world long drive where everyone is delighted that he's there. And you have the, you know, this group of adoring fans and look, I think that's natural to some extent. And I think, (laughs) but I think think he feels it more than some others do.
0: Sure. Yeah. He might have rabbit ears when it comes to listening to things or rather just like reading Instagram comments or, or whatever. Um, this sport is not used to showing or having moments where people cheer against other people. Like I I know that it exists. I know that when Tiger's contending, people are cheering for him to beat Paul Casey at Valspar in, in 2018. But it doesn't happen in golf that much where people are, are actively rooting in, in such a very strong way for one person over the other. It, it just... It really doesn't. You know, I don't think that the crowd of the Masters this year was really cheering for Xander over Hideki. You know, I think they just wanted to see really good golf. And so Bryson caught the more abnormal version of what fans do and got pretty bad. <laughs>
1: it was. I think was there really must bad. be very real resentment for Brooks Kepka, no matter what it looks yeah. like on – Screen. I mean, that whole thing was kind of weird. I think, if anything, that is going to engender further bad blood between these two guys. And I think Bryson probably feels bullied, whether he's recognized that or not. I think that's kind of how he felt about the whole situation is like Brooks Kepka was bullying him. He couldn't really do anything about it and then felt kind of helpless. So, I mean, it's actually going to be more interesting, I would say, if they get paired together in the future because uh, that thing's not buried
0: yikes uh let's move on question number nine why is there so much attention being paid to the saudi international field and this is a pretty hard mm-hmm. pivot from the hero world challenge but not all too <laughs> hard of a pivot um because it, it it matters to a lot of the people that were down uh, or at least a handful of people that were playing in the bahamas i i just think this is a question that th- the typical average golf fan Is starting to get confused about because there's a lot of attention being paid to the Saudi international event.
1: I think you're right. I think it is confusing because it, it can almost feel like a proxy battle. Um, the reason that it's getting so much attention is because it's a test of the PGA tours control and it's a test of whether the PGA tour will grant waivers to players that are going to go play this Saudi international, go collect a bunch of money, I think players have different reasons for going. Some may have allegiances with the Saudis and with the Saudi Golf League that we don't fully understand. The we don't fully understand those commitments at this point. I would say other players uh, are just going because they can get a little appearance money, and Mm -hmm. you know they're not they don't have the money of like a top five player in the world. I think it's getting a lot of attention, yeah, because it's a test of the PGA Tour's power. It's a test of whether the PGA Tour will say no to this. Uh, there was an interesting column by Eamon Lynch who was essentially saying the PGA Tour should cede this ground in order to win a bigger war. And that has something in common with what Rory McIlroy was saying earlier this week, which is essentially that he thinks the Tour should let players go play this one um, because they are independent contractors. And there was also the release of Greg Norman's letter to the players that had accepted their uh, births in this Saudi field essentially saying congratulations like welcome to freedom They're, Like, good for <laughs> you for standing up to the PGA Tour so I think suddenly if the PGA Tour says no you guys can't go play this they risk becoming the bad guy and garnering some sympathy for these breakaway leagues and uh, and for the freedom of these players that's risky business so i would expect that they are going to let them go play um but man it that it's interesting because if if the saudi international and the people behind it which we know they are the same people that are thinking about this breakaway golf league i mean it's all the same people right so it matters because Uh, it seems like a proxy battle for the larger thing because it probably is a proxy battle for the larger thing ultimately
0: yeah and you know what has been a really long running event on the pga tour the pebble beach pro-am and an event Mm -hmm. that a lot of people have cared about for a long time one of the tour's best sponsors i was gonna say that's (laughs) the
1: at&t pebble beach pro-am importantly sean
0: yeah and uh it would be pretty impressive i think to follow the path that Amen lays out and it would maybe be a bit of a departure from what the tour stands for in a bunch of ways. And I think the people at at and that care about this slash the people who are like the director for that event, the people that go to that event year after year, they're, they're taking L's every single year that the Saudi International has existed. That event did not exist five years ago, but ever since it has existed, the, the strength of field at pebble has gotten worse now a lot well, of people <laughs> a lot of people in yeah, and, and
1: some weeks it's been the the same week of the waste waste management but then pebble has still been the week afterwards so even if it hasn't yes. been in direct conflict it's been um you know basically an impossible travel
0: week to go from saudi to the bay area <laughs> yeah and so like gosh it, if the tour does allow this you know you're, you're setting a little bit of a precedent that might make you think okay well we just don't have the right schedule man we don't we're not appealing to the people in the right way um with this how do we do that um you know part of the the weird world uh this global battle for golf as as rory kind of referred to it is there is the live golf investments rumored league there is mm-hmm. the PJ tour and those are on polar opposites right now and then somewhere in the middle is the premier golf league that kind of wants to be able to shake hands with the pga tour and 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 play this it's not a mediary role but play this role in the middle that has a little bit of both going on um that's why people matter or that's why this has so much attention and uh you know it's going to get decided in the next month it's going to get decided in the next three or four weeks that's how long the pga tour has to approve of these releases for the players involved So. Don't have to wait too long on that one. Let's get to the final question, Dylan. Question number 10. We are not going to see PGA Tour players competing for, you know, an actual real tournament that really, really matters on TV um, for most of a month now. So for the next month, who's the best player in the world? Who has convinced you that they are number one, doesn't have to be in the rankings, doesn't have to be, uh you know on the PJ two or whatever, who's the best player in the world?
1: John Rom. It's it's still John Rahm. That's my instinct. I mean if we're talking about whether or not the fall season, whether or not the Hero World Challenge matters, whether these fall series (laughs) events matter, I mean if that's up for debate, then it's still John Rom. I mean he finished high at the tour championship. I know Patrick Cantlay won for that week. John Rahm, I think, technically gets an OWGR win. He had basically been doing nothing but finishing in the top three uh, before that. (laughs) um, Stupid. for, For a few months. He earned his way to world number one, and I think he still belongs there. A couple sketchy showings after, you know, drinking too much wine in Napa and then going to Spain and playing like crap. Doesn't really do much to uh, knock him down in my eyes. It's been funny this fall because there have been a few players. Rom, DJ has hardly played at all. Patrick Cantley, as far as I know, has not touched a club besides showing up at the Ryder Cup since his tour championship victory. So, yeah, Colin Morikawa has done some incredible things. Rory's bucking his head. Sam Burns looks like a world beater, except when he's you know, taking six chips on a single hole like he did today to probably lose the tournament. Uh, but i it's, you know, it's John
0: Rahm in my eyes. How many people can be, over the next six months, how many people could take that title from him?
1: That's such a good question. I think there's a handful. I think that Morikawa is certainly there. Uh, I mean, it would surprise me if Dustin Johnson does. Patrick Cantlay, I could imagine that. Uh, Justin Thomas if he refound his form and especially with bones on the bag that's that's possible to imagine Bryson always has that capability now if he makes it his top priority to really hone in his actual PGA Tour golf game Um, I mean through one round here this week you could (laughs) have talked me into Rory now after playing four rounds I'm a little bit less convincible so I think there's I think there's a half dozen guys that it would makes sense um, in terms of good for the game, which people always love to talk about Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka playing well would definitely be good for the game. Kepka he- heck, for nine holes in Las Vegas. He looked like a world beater and he actually played really well for 54 holes at the hero world challenge, but I don't expect either of those guys will be the best player in the world. So yeah, I think there's a, there's about a half dozen guys that, would not yeah. shock me if they were in that position.
0: Extremely unfair question. It might be a good one, like you said, but it's a tough one because six months is an eternity in the world golf rankings. Uh, you know, six months ago, John Rahm was not even a major champion, so he was. I will
1: say though, Sean, I was looking at the some stat. I wish I knew where it was sourced <laughs> from, but nobody holds the world number one title an entire year it just doesn't happen no one ever no. does it
0: no nope.
1: i don't think anyone has done it since tiger and tiger has done it for about nine different years but <laughs> uh but at some point next year if history is any indicator john Rahm will lose the world number one title maybe it'll be to morikawa maybe it'll be to jt or dj or one of these other guys but it's probably gonna happen and if not he kind of ascends to that next level
0: all right, well, that's good enough, I think, of, I don't know, I probably asked you like 15 questions, not just 10 questions, um, but I think you did a pretty good job. Not a whole lot of filibustering. Good follow-ups. Yeah. You did pretty well. Um, that's it for the Drop Zone this week, folks. If you enjoyed those questions, you know, you can you can tell Dylan he's right or wrong, or meet me just as well, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find our emails somewhere. Give you us can maybe spice. leave a five-star
1: review and uh <laughs> i mean hope, hopefully nice comments and roasts only if you leave yeah. a five-star review you can say whatever you want in the that's review true. how
0: about that that's right um lastly i have to give a shout out to I got you got to call him an award-winning listener and i guess it's kind of a cliche his name is dan bartles he is i an early 20s kid in Wisconsin who's a huge fan of the Drop Zone. We appreciate all our huge fans. And if you want a shout-out, just ask us for one because we are not above that. Is it that easy? uh, Yeah. We will see you in another week.